Hello and welcome to Neuroshambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen, and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So, if you're anything like me and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello and welcome to episode four of Neuro Shambles. Welcome back, Neuro Shamblers. Thanks for coming. Uh, we got a rammed show for you this week where we're going to be meeting another guest. And the topic of the week this week is special interests, which I've got lots to say on, as has our guest. We're also going to be towards the end looking at the usual favourites, uh, neurodiversity champions, tiny wins we've got some cracking what the flip moments and there's a new section just this one week only is poetry corner uh where i won't spoil the surprise for you but you can almost certainly guess what that is already um so yeah i'll stop wittering on and let's just smash on with it shall we meet the guest so our guest for this week is uh, Liam Malone, who I have known quite a long time, actually. We sort of lost contact for a while. Uh, so hello, Liam. First of all, welcome. Hello. I knew Liam because we used to do stand-up comedy together a long old time ago, sort of back in the noughties, wasn't it? Um, yes. And the old Queen's yes. Head. We've done we've done many many a gig and uh, obviously we sort of moved to totally separate parts of the country and I'm not doing stand up anymore and you're doing bits of stand up is that right? Um, I'm booking gigs around here. Um, okay, but yes, I've I realised that if you move to Devon, there's about three gigs you can do, and you can do them once a year. <laughs> so I obviously. Uh, a mutual friend of ours then mentioned that you had kids with additional needs, and I was like, "Great!" It, were, is that were that was that their actual words, or was it? Oh, you should talk to Liam Malone. His kids are total. <laughs> no, he didn't say that because that would make him a monster. Talk to him. His kids are insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So then I reached out to you, and um, so yeah. and I thought we'd have a lot to talk about, and so here we are. Uh, which kind of leads us into you telling us a little bit about your setup there. How many kids have you got and what uh, needs have they got? Well, I'll just start with this because before I forget all about it, apparently I, I am um, I am autistic myself. Um, ADHD, uh, demand avoidance, all sorts of things, which my wife likes to diagnose. In fact, she diagnoses me as something extra every day. But it was However, mostly... that, wait, wait, wait. Is it worth <laughs> us pointing out that she is professionally qualified to diagnose you? She's not just shooting in the dark. She is professionally qualified to diagnose people, but maybe not quite as much as she does <laughs> in my case. You give her a lot of fodder, to be fair. I'm not sure that congenitally annoying is a, is a proper diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But... Uh, but yes, I, I realised through my because uh, I have I have twins, um, okay, twin boys now twelve, twelve, and they both have a certain amount of special needs. But it was 
from the first one. I'll call them A and B. Uh, it was through Twin A, the one that's two seconds older, uh, that I, you know, because people were going, oh, he's got definite needs in this area and this and that and the other. And I said, he's not doing anything I didn't do, so he must be normal. And everyone said, <laughs> no, that means that you're also... <laughs> Taylor's oldest time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, what is Twin A? Is he diagnosed? He has his EHCP. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And what is that? Autism. Autism. Yes. Uh. Probably various other things, but we didn't really take it any further. Um. His autism isn't. Uh particularly problematic he has a lot of um echolalia so he he will keep saying the same thing twice right okay um he's very fixated on his own interests but he and this is something i've realized through home education he does have a whole layer underneath that he just doesn't show unless you prize it out of him and the other one is just anxious about everything all the time why um, is he diagnosed? Twin B, I presume. He's not. His is in the works. Um, right, it doesn't okay. really matter anymore because we have um, deregistered them. So there's nothing to be gained by getting them certification. It's is, just... is your plan to get a diagnosis for Twin B or is it just... We are because uh... we might need him. You know, I can't think of anything that will come from it except maybe he'll get an extra half an hour in an exam. But Yeah, but it, I guess it, it, it helps contextualise him to other people not for you guys because you know him and you know how to you know how to parent him and and i've i found from my from my lot that uh the style of parenting for one should just be applied to all of them and it makes it easier you know i mean yeah it's yeah to be as clear as possible and to set expectations in advance and you know there's all of those different parenting strategies low demand if possible that can just apply to anyone i do it with grown-ups as well Fine. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so you've also got a you've got a neurotypical as well, right? Uh, we I have a daughter, yes, and she. Sorry, is... I make you sound like a pet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it sound like Tamagotchi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I press the feed button at regular intervals with the daughter, and she responds very well. This one cleans up after herself. <laughs> No, she's a delight. She's very, very normal. And um, it's like she's got all the nice things about me. And obviously she's got things about her mother as well. But Mm -hmm. who cares about that? (laughs) 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 She's got the nice things about me without all the uh, insaneness. What's the topic of the week? So let, let's crack on with the actual topic of the week, because uh, I'm quite keen to do this. The topic of this week is going to be special interests, which you've already kind of launched into saying that Twin A uh, quite has has an obsession with special interests. It's something that, that I've found with mine as well, um, that they kind of latch onto a thing that they then become kind of obsessed about and need to learn loads and loads about it and then need to talk about it a lot. Is that is that similar to your lot? Yes, yes, they have to talk about it all the time. And is it always is it always been the same one, same same special interest, or have they sort of flitted between different ones? No, it's changed. It's always been absolutely locked on to when. So when they were really young, 
it was um it was Lightning McQueen and all the cars in the Cars series. Right, because... is that both, both of them? Yes, and I had... think both of them. And do you think that influenced you becoming a car dealer? I <laughs> uh, don't think so. <laughs> That's the thing, actually. I wish their special interests was cars, because there's, uh, there's um, an autistic kid who's 18 down the road, Yeah, and he's he's obsessed with cars. And so I, I hired him to like change wheels and change tires and oh excellent uh, do do under spray for me so I could you know help him out a bit, um, and like he was because I bought this stupid car I bought this uh, Nissan Skyline right um, which is like the crown jewels of Japanese cars Japanese imports but mine have seen so many cars at this point they don't give a f- shit they just could not care less <laughs> Their car blindness but then I, I out of the blue i got a call from from the guy the the kid down the road he's like you got a skyline can i come and see it can i rev the engine can i look at the engine can i breathe in the exhaust pipe and i yeah come around any time you did say he was 18 <laughs> didn't you yeah <laughs> his voice is not broken yet he had a flutter of childish um abandon when he he was like, oh, can I come and uh, touch the skyline? Yes, please do, because my kids don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, early days, it was it was Lightning McQueen and the Cars movie, and they they both latched onto the same one. They yeah, they were both in the Lightning McQueen, and uh, Twin B was always into the peripheral characters. Like I want to find a really obscure character that's my character, and Twin A was like, I'm just into Lightning yeah. McQueen, and they they wanted to just and it because it's I think there's a strong urge to collect and acquire uh, with autistic kids. Yes, and definitely. so they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. they're just a dream for you know the manufacturing industry that goes along any. Disney Pixar production, where they they've bought out five hundred yes. different, you know, um, diecast cars, and they just have to have all of them. Yeah, <laughs> they are a merch magnet, aren't they? <laughs> and it was the same later on. A friend introduced them to Thomas the Tank Engine, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And there's so many bloody engines. There are. They're just cranking them there's out now. Aren't so they? many. It's like 300 of the fuckers, and it's like... (laughs) So that was the next... Was that the next special interest? Yeah, that's what led into the whole YouTubing, because uh, Twin A saw a a YouTube of somebody just getting their collection of uh, engines and just naming them all. And it went on for about two hours. It was like, and this is Clarabelle. And this is Rosalind, and this is this is Spencer, and this is Dark Spencer. There is and not this a Dark is, Spencer. Uh, green Spencer. <laughs> there is. There's, a, there's like if ever there's an episode where one of them gets covered in honey or something, there's like this is Honey Spencer. I, I thought it was like Dark Brandon or something. Oh, what like the um, you know, the evil, the evil opposite. There were probably is now. There's probably a sort of Thomas into the cyberverse where they makes his evil. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he wants to. Yeah, but he was like, I've got more engines than him. I want to do a film like that. So his first YouTube was him pointing out all his engines, and it's we, he's never looked back. He's obsessed with YouTube, uh, and it's not. He says he moved on from the from the tank engines now. 
Yes, he's now into um, murder drones. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Hang on, <laughs> which is you're going to have to back up there a little bit. <laughs> explain, explain murder drones to me. Murder, yeah, I thought God, murder drones. So I looked into it. Myself. I watched an episode. It is just a kids' cartoon. Okay, yeah. not actual like yes <laughs> assault drones. It's about these robots who were like, uh, you know, they were created by humans and they were made to. Uh, terraform a planet mm-hmm. but then the humans cracked the planet open or something they did something wrong and they killed all the humans so now there's only the robots left so what? the robots have formed their own society so this is a series about murder drones and he's yeah he's, he's and they're like well we that. can't we can't reclaim this planet now that the robots have got it so let's send these drones to kill them off are there lots of different types of drone and lots of different kind of sort of nuances there's all different characters and he has spent every penny he gets he uh, is because like the, the original characters he has to find on ebay and and they have to get sent from it's not such a big thing that you know there's factories in china churning them out yet like there is with all their mario characters that they're yeah. also into mm-hmm. But so he has to order them like originals from America and pay masses of postage and and customs and everything. So he's paying like forty six pound a time for a plushie. Wowzers! Uh, so it's like you know he'll get some birthday money or he'll do some jobs and he'll finally get enough cash and then he just goes on a a murder drone spree. It's quite interesting how intensely these special interests kind of manifest itself, um, which I've so so Jay's first ever special interest really was Pokemon. Um, I don't know if yours have ever been into Pokemon, but Pokemon is just like absolutely geared up for autistics. The guy who invented Pokemon is autistic. So all of those little details and this kind of the, the incredibly there's like thousands upon thousands of different types of pokemon and different evolves and there's different islands and different folklores and it's really really involved and obviously i kind of first looked at it and thought there was a few of them and and, and jay just got so into it we bought him the uh, the pokemon encyclopedia and he just yes. memorized the whole lot like it's incredible his memory uh for for all of this kind of stuff is incredible and he got really into it and he was really um he really enjoyed that kind of thing and then quite quite suddenly he's just sort of went "Eh, (laughs) yeah it's not what i'm into anymore yeah so greek mythology became his kind of his new obsession and he got really into that and learning about it and memorizing uh all of the different greek gods and all of the stories around the greek gods in incredible detail and Demeter is his favourite Greek god. He got very obsessed with that. Um, and Demeter, yes, is that yeah. the god of the harvest? Well, well done. Yeah, you you know your classics. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, he yeah for some reason he he loved uh, Demeter, and that's a strange uh, one for a boy to go for. Well, you know, yeah, he's he's not the most conventional character. Uh, so he he was loving the Greek mythology, and so we thought, and and he decided that he wanted to to visit Greece on holiday. That was like that became an obsession. So mm. we just did that this year. It was like fine, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been worse if he'd have said, "I'm really obsessed with Birmingham." 
<laughs> we'd have to go there yes. on holiday. So at least it was someone's like, yeah, we, I could definitely stomach that. I'm obsessed that. So, with hookers. Can we go to Amsterdam? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that is that is a concern of mine. Is that one day one of you know what if his special interest is something really sordid? Um, yeah, I don't want to, let's not let's not go there. Well, it will um, be. That's just called adolescence. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So we went we went to Greece on holiday because of Jay's obsession. Um, but the thing mm. is, you sort of, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's let's look at the birthplace of Zeus. It's just a field. <laughs> like, there's nothing yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? It's just, just a field. Because um, yeah. we were in Crete and apparently Zeus was born there. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything really oh, okay. tangible that we could go to. Um, so, uh, which is also fine. Greece. I mean, Greece. I I I love Greece dearly, but Greece being Greece, you'll be like, and this is the birthplace of Zeus, and it's full of discarded uh, building uh, equipment and uh, half a bag of concrete <laughs> and some. Yes, pipe it was work. one of Hephaestus's originals. <laughs> and there's some villas that haven't got roofs on because. They don't have to pay tax on them till they're finished. No, so that's where you finished. make it up. You just say, and then Zeus <laughs> set forth a thunderbolt because he was cross that they wouldn't donate a cow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of special interests, from, from Jay's perspective, Greece was pretty uh, palatable. Pokemon uh, was... It, it got a little bit obsessive when he started to identify too much with the characters. So there were a couple of times where it, when he was feeling dysregulated, um, he would identify as the characters to sort of regulate himself, I guess. So there was a time at school where people were picking on him and he basically curled into a ball. And I think he was being Bulbasaur or something uh, to try and protect oh, okay. himself. So he was imagining that he was, which is, you know, sort of heartbreaking to think of him dealing with light bullying by curling into a ball and hoping that that would resolve the issue because you're just you're just pouring petrol on that fire aren't you um right. and he tried to do yeah he he was he was sort of uh role playing a bit as a pokemon this is very early on in in his school career um and there was also the time where he actually one of the first times we we realized that there was something other going on um, something neuro different about him was when he met uh, someone like a friend, a friend's kid. And we we're like, you're the same age. You'll get on. Right. Um, and he obviously didn't know how to, how to behave <laughs> and how to handle this. So he basically crouched down and pretended to be a Pokemon. Right. And was sort of running, running around on all fours. And it was like, ah, I see this is uh there's something else going on here, isn't there? This is not your typical reaction to a, a new playmate. No. Um, as this kid's just stood there going, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, who the fuck is this? It's Bulbasaur, right? Come on, dude. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> What's quite interesting is how much of their special interests you end up kind of picking up, right? And and subsuming. Well, certainly from my perspective, I, I've got much more in-depth knowledge of Greek mythology now. Uh, my knowledge right. of Pokemons is way what, way above what it should be in any healthy adult. Um, and uh, but do you, do you find the same with with murder drones? Um, 
yeah, I probably uh, not really because I, I kind of he's old enough to do his own thing and I doesn't need my input anymore. Whereas before, when it was like let's watch that Thomas film for the five hundredth time, it was like <laughs> okay, that's going to be on in the background. I am going to absorb it whether I like it or not. Whereas now it's just him on his computer. So I like to think that there will be one day we'll be sat in a pub quiz (laughs) (laughs) and the specialist specialist round will be like on Pokemon or on Thomas the Tank Engine or on Greek mythology and be like, (laughs) stand back guys, I got this. So one of the... um... One of the joys, I think, of of having children with special interests, I don't know if you've encountered this, is when they meet someone with the same special interest. Because Jay, again, in particular, uh, finds it so difficult to kind of... um, He finds communication very difficult. He finds socialisation very, very difficult. So there there are occasions where he'll meet someone with a similar special interest and they'll just connect. And this happened relatively recently where... Jay, we went we went to an event and Jay met someone else who is massively into Greek mythology. And it was just a joy. They just lit up and they both just started talking to each other. Um, and it was so lovely. They were like firing like obscure questions at each other and answering it. And then when one would answer that, they'd sort of be, be sort of giving a little nod of approval because they knew something really obscure. Um, shout out! Shout out to Ash, yes. who uh, who is the other uh, person that is obsessed with Greek mythology. Because um, uh, what was really lovely is that I then um, I I overheard Ash saying, "Oh yeah, this kid's really cool." It's like <laughs> I've never heard that said about Jay in my life. Um, so it was really lovely to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that that's always quite nice. It's very rare, yes. obviously. Um, and it's much more often that I will be cringing as he's firing questions at some poor kid <laughs> about <laughs> what Hephaestus's, you know, inventions were. Um, but right. it, it's um, when it when it works, it's really lovely to hear. Um, yes. And I think Otto... Um, Otto sorry, carry on. Well, I was just going to say... Uh, not so long ago, uh, Twin A went to a Comic-Con and he wasn't sure what to expect from it because he right. hadn't been to one for since he was four, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he met uh, he met a girl who was uh, having the same kind of problems he was at school and she was dressed as a murder drone. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah, they were That's complete incredible. soulmates. Oh, yeah, amazing. Like, oh, God, I could have... Because my mind don't really like dressing up because they're like, I'm yeah. not being me. I'm being, what am I right now? Um, mm-hmm. But he was like, oh, I could have come as a murder drone. I'll come as a murder drone next time. And it just made it, um, it opened up a whole world, I think. That he That's could. amazing. Can it's you, not did permanent you, did you, if you dress as something. <laughs> did you go with him? I wasn't there. No, this was reported oh. back to me by his mother. Uh, that is that is hilarious though. Where I can imagine him seeing them across the, across the hall and going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. Um, that's twin. Twin B has a special interest as well, doesn't he? Yes, and he's um, oh, this week he he's made a friend. He's made a friend at because um, they go part of their home ed is going to parkour class. Oh, where okay. they basically 
just jump from one thing to another. And he met a girl there who's very much like him, just got all the same kind of anxieties and has yeah. just come out of school, same as he has. So he just really looks forward to seeing her. Um, and yeah, but his special interest is roller coasters. And um, he hasn't met another kid yet who's obsessed That's quite with roller cool. coasters. But I'm sure there are plenty of them out there. Is that is this just sort of learning about them, or is this actually going? Oh, on? he will just uh, there's a there's a there's one theme park in Devon, and it's called Creeley Adventure Park, and it's pretty bloody tame, right? <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's got a roller coaster that's the most confused roller coaster. <laughs> because it used to be called, um, it had a Spanish name that didn't even mean anything, and it translated to the crazy, the crazy pill. So, I thought, well, what does that even mean, the crazy <laughs> pill? But they did it. They did the whole uh, thing in hacienda style, and then somebody thought, well, that's not very relevant to Devon, so they turned it into like a Roman themed roller coaster. <laughs> Because then they could kind of keep the Hacienda style, villa style, it kind of worked. But they, nobody thought, hang on, the Romans didn't have trains, did they? <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is just mad. It doesn't make any sense. And every time I say, just that roller coaster, mate, doesn't make any sense. And they'll go on, yes, well, you say that, but it's interesting because blah, 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 blah. Every time they change something at Creeley Adventure Park, he is aware. Like if they, if they change the font that they're using on their signposts. He wants to talk about that. So in terms of the the, the, the roller coaster special interest, I presume that Creeley was the gateway coaster. Um, yeah. Has that sort of blossomed into a, just a, a wider appreciation for coasters? Well, what's quite nice is he's absolutely determined that when he uh, leaves education, he's going to work his way up to being the manager of Creeley. So he hasn't set his sights too high. He hasn't. <laughs> he doesn't imagine himself running Alton Towers or you know, Chessington World of Adventures. It's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so if he ever gets an interview for Creeley, he's going to just do their head in because he's going to know far more about Creeley than they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so does this interest kind of you know is he interested in the mechanics of roller coasters and how they're built and um, and that kind of thing? Yeah, he's interested in the names like that's a double inversion and that's a triple flanged uh, metal with wood struts and you know that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 you know what I have found certainly from my own. <laughs> interactions with with kids with special interests is that he just needs to talk about it yeah he just has to get it out this is what what happens with jay uh in particular um is that he's waiting for me to stop talking so he can then talk about his thing so i already know when he's not listening to what i'm saying because he's thinking about what he needs to tell me and he'll just then launch into it. Very often he'll just interrupt me and be like, look, <laughs> Jay, I'm just, I'm just asking you about your homework. I know that that's not your priority right now, but can we focus on that? And then you can talk at me about what we, what you're talking about. Oh God. Yeah. Um, no, no, twin B is like, you know, we're trying to get him to bed and he's been talking nonstop for three quarters of an hour. And we're like, okay, that's great. Can you go to bed now? 
like, can I just tell you one more thing? And they'll say, okay, just one more thing. And then when he's got there, he'll be like, okay, two more things. No, one more thing. No. <laughs> I know, but and, and they want to share, and it's very sweet, and I I, I get it. But it but must it is, be it is must exhausting. Be he knows he's told us five times before. He knows we're not taking it in. He knows our interest in it is minimal, to say the least. But it's like maybe maybe the fact you're taking it in is why he's insisting on telling you again. <laughs> if you showed some bloody interest, Liam, maybe he wouldn't be repeating himself. The absolute pinnacle of special interest happened uh, last school year when jay's class did a whole term on greek mythology oh wow <laughs> it's like yes glory days because because jay was absolutely the, the, so the he was like the, the teacher you, you can just uh, go and have a fag in the staff room if you want i've, I've got this the uh, the teacher was was basically saying he's been really helpful because he's been correcting me throughout class. It's <laughs> like yeah, I can bet it because he just like launches into it. But he was so engaged with that, and it was really nice. Obviously, he's engaged because he's he's got a special interest in it. So he was really like all of the homework to do with that he did without any complaints at all, and he'd be doing extra stuff. So that was really lovely. Um, that was really nice. Whereas um, you know his latest obsession is with Zelda, uh, right. the, the, the Switch open world game on the Switch, which um, he's he's really obsessed about. And again, he has to just talk at me about. Um, now, kind of selfishly, I, that's quite a fun thing for him to be obsessed by because I quite like Zelda as well. I, I pretended yeah. to kind of get into it just, just because it, it was important for me to know what he was interested in. But really, I... I kind of wanted to play it and uh i'll be honest that zelda and the world of zelda and his special interest in zelda has massively helped our relationship okay <laughs> because you know because he he uh, more from my he more from his perception of me because i know about zelda because i've played it now so that we have something to discuss he actually sees me as having value so he, he sees me as having some sense of worth because I know things in Zelda. Whereas like anything sure. else that I've got to offer in the world is is trivial. It, it, he's not interested in that. Um, so he will ask me things about Zelda and he, he will, he'll be really itching to share things. And that's really lovely that he'll yes. come and seek me out because generally he doesn't really pay me that much attention around the house um, unless he really wants to talk. And I can tell when he needs to get something off his chest because he kind of, he starts kind of fidgeting and then trying to find some time to talk to me. And uh, we've had to ban him talking about Zelda in front of the other two. Cause they're just like, ah, oh, I'm so bored of Zelda. Stop oh, talking yeah, about no, it. We have to ban twin B talking about um, theme parks on, on long car journeys <laughs> because it just oh, yeah. becomes, you just want to drive into oncoming traffic after a while. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried sort of saying, okay, we can talk about it. You got a minute. That works oh, yeah, really yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would never accept a minute. Like, I can't do it in a minute. Okay, well then you know you could give him a minute and a half or whatever, but um, it's that that works quite well with Jay. I've always found as well, um, and again, particularly with Zelda, but with other things as well, there have been times where I've been able to use that in my favour enormously, um, because, for example, if he's dysregulated, 
which happens a lot if we're in public and he's getting particularly frustrated about something particularly if we're in a queue for something because he's a terrible queuer he can't stand being in queues and he just like fidgets and he gets really anxious not anxious he just gets angry yeah. um and i find that if i start talking to him about zelda all of that melts away he'll just like forget where he is he'll just zone in on this and we can have this really intense discussion <laughs> about something to do with zelda and about you know, a silver bokoblin camp near Hatano village or something. And he will just be transported into that and it will totally regulate him. And that's, so I've, I've used that to my benefit a lot of times. Mm. Um, yes. When, when we, when we were driving in Greece and he, we were going to somewhere, it was like two hours away and he's not great in long car journeys. He gets really frustrated. But then I remembered that on my phone, I got mythos, which is, the Stephen Fry uh, narrating his kind of telling oh, of, yeah, yeah, of Greek yeah. mythology. Yeah. It's fifteen hours. I was like, we're we're quids in here. We got this is going to be easy because yeah. he just listened to that and he was absolutely fine. So I think I find that useful. I don't know if you find a, a kind of a similar use to their intense special interests. Yeah, well, I, I certainly won't be able to buy a CD of someone talking about. Uh, roller coasters or murder drones for uh, 15 minutes it, no, it was true. easy they do quite like that generally what what i'm quite interested in as well is um is sometimes he'll he'll because uh, again jay will have no uh, appreciation for the fact that I don't have time to talk about something at that moment. I could be, you know, like, and it, it's very often when I'm cooking Sunday dinner and I've got, <laughs> I've got like the, like, you know, Sunday dinner is a very involved process. There's lots of different moving parts and I'm trying right. to coordinate right about then he decides he wants to talk at me about Zelda or something. Yeah. Um, and I have, to, I have actually said while he's talking, I've actually said, I cannot listen to you right now. Please stop talking. And then he carries on. And I'm like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. And then one, once he went, I don't need you to listen. I just need to say it. I was like, oh, fine. In which case, crack on. It's just like yes. having Radio 4 in the background. Yes. <laughs> Mine want to start a very involved conversation just as I'm trying to back out the drive. And we've got oh, the most. Oh, you got to concentrate. We've got the most difficult drive because it was made for a horse and car, and it's really bloody narrow. And you can't. It's quite a busy road outside, and you can't see it. And if, yeah, you, yeah. if you've got a car that's got no back camera, it's particularly difficult. Um, and that is the exact point where Twin B especially will go, Dad. You know the uh, Sooty's magic bus at Creeley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not right now. Not right now, son. The, the the mistake I make is trying to engage and thinking, oh, I I know a bit about this. Going, oh, is that a bit like so and so? And then they go, <laughs> no. What that was was, and then you've got another two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that before. No, I but I get it that the response is like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, like, you know, really. Do you genuinely believe that that was a gorgon? You f yeah, like... I don't mind if they think I'm an idiot. I just I, the fact that I've given them know. yet another jumping off point that they would have other yeah, that's uh, true. Whereas <laughs> otherwise they would have just come to a natural finish and left the room. <laughs> that's a common misconception about coasters, Daddy, and I'm going to now regale you with other tales. 
now Otto has now started having his own special interest and that's quite interesting because it's a different he's doing it for a different reason I think so his special interest at the moment is football he's got obsessed yeah. with football he's never shown any interest in football at all now I'm I'm a big football fan. I've been a football fan all my life. Like my whole family is surrounded with it. With it, so um, in a way, <laughs> in a way, that's my special interest. And he's encroaching on it. And um, he wants to talk to me about football all the time. And I think the reason that he does that, I think he's he's very socially aware, Otto, and yes. he's very aware that he wants to fit in. Yes. And I think at school, a lot of kids talk about football. So yes. he, I think, has latched onto this and gone, if I have that as my special interest, I will always have a group of people to play with at lunchtime. I'll have stuff that I can talk to them about without having to really know the rules of social interaction. So it's actually quite smart, I think. Yes, yes. So he is now obsessed with it and he wants to watch Match of the Day over and over again, right? Uh, and he wants he wants to, and he, he fires questions at me about like, did you uh, how do you know the Fulham score? It's like I don't really care about. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean I do, but it's not really anything to talk about. But he just sort and you of need fires to tell them you don't need to know what happened in the game. You just need to know the uh, the tropes. You just need to go in a school and say, oh, the whole back line collapsed, didn't it? And someone will go, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What were they doing up front? There was no communication. <laughs> the detail genuinely is important to him, though. It's quite interesting that he is like, you know, he's becoming a football fan. And I, like, I watch it. Like, me and football, it's a bit of a kind of a guilty pleasure in my house is that I have to go and take the iPad and squirrel myself away from everyone else if I want to watch a game and now he started finding me and watching the game with me and then just firing loads of questions and especially if my team aren't doing very well I'm not that amenable to listening to this <laughs> to these questions so I get right. a little bit I get a yeah. bit frustrated why is your team shit dad yeah exactly <laughs> I think I'm going to be an Arsenal fan daddy don't do that I mean like for for a number of reasons, but don't like we're in Brighton. Brighton are actually doing well for like the first time in well pr pretty much ever. So be a Brighton yes. fan. But anyway, um, that's not you know uh, <laughs> at least he's showing an interest, and that's good. And I, I'm actually quite I'm quite pleased that he's got that social crutch that he can use because I think it's important to him, and I think it will become increasingly important to him over time because I've started to suspect that. You know that that's how a lot of adult males <laughs> basically communicate socially. Yeah, uh, by having this intense special interest in something. Like I, I, I can go and I could have an entire conversation with someone about football for a whole evening and never know their name, never know anything about them, and get on really well with them. It's like, yeah, we've just filled time there. We've done conversation haven't we yeah so i couldn't do that no but you i mean you you probably have other things you could probably talk cars for example and, and and other people could do that so i think we all as humans need this sort of something that we could that that sort of makes social interaction easier um and the problem is with with some of Jay's special interests and sounds like Twin B's special interests. They're too niche to be of any value in real life. 
unless you you strike that magic moment where they meet someone else and you know and well then... twin b it does genuinely want to you know work in a theme park and he wants and there is a th- <laughs> course now in theme park management because uh, of course there is there's a course in everything yeah so of course. he does kind of have a direction um <laughs> whereas murder drones no but but he, but at the same time, Twin A is doing, you know, he's he's worked out for himself the rules of uh, building an online audience. And he's, yeah, and he's been, is, he's been yeah. doing it since he was eight. So he, which is super impressive. Yeah. He just needs to hold hold fire. Well, until he's legit and then he's going to take off. That's like. Yeah, that is that is genuinely impressive. And he's it's, it's and he, quite funny because he's got you know he's he's in he set up a buy me a coffee thing, and so yeah. he he's, he actually made enough money. He made like thirty quid one week. So we were like, "Can you do your jobs for your pocket money, Twin B?" And he was like, "Sorry, Twin A, he is." <laughs> and he was like, oh, "I don't need to. I've got enough cash." I was like, oh "You still have to do your bloody jobs." <laughs> I could buy you, Daddy. <laughs> Get in that in your bedroom and Hoover, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add about a special interest before we move on? To well, I was just going to talk about the kid down the road because I sort of he sort of gave me hope because he he's very socially awkward and you can't. You, I mean, you can do you can do jokes with my kids; they really get jokes, especially mm-hmm. jokes that are that are silly or that are based on being annoying or or yeah, or, or yeah, repetition yeah. i mean they really mm-hmm. get that and it's it they're great to have around to if we're doing something funny but the kid down the road is more sort of classically what you think of sort of kind of sheldon cooper autistic and he right yeah yeah he doesn't get jokes at all i mean it just okay okay it's like firing ping pong balls at a tank it's there's no point <laughs> He's impervious to humour. Yes, but because he's upset, he's he, you know he's really into mechanics. So it's like you can see how useful that is. It's like he can change tires. He can, you know, he can get a car on its ramps. He can take the exhaust system off. He can change the. Yeah, sparks. well, that's that, that's kind of where I'm hoping that that they're sort of obsession with special interests kind of takes them then because it doesn't not just from a social perspective which has a value but also from a career perspective if there's some like because i know that particularly with jay if there's something he's interested in he will throw himself into it he will do everything he can to immerse himself in it and learn about it and if he can get into a career that involves that then he's going to be absolutely flying yes yeah i just don't know how we do that i mean he wants to be a blacksmith i'm not sure (laughs) well it sounds like he's (laughs) gonna have to be an academic doesn't it because then he can just you know you you learn that's basically what academia is isn't it you unload your learning onto other people and then you go on a (laughs) on a sabbatical where all you're doing is filling your head with more stuff at at the university's expense (laughs) 
Do you think that academia is just littered with autistics who've basically found a special interest? Like, well, what am I going to do with this? I'm just going to talk well, about I, it to I other people. Well, I was certainly um, taught by quite a few autistics. I know that for a fact. Yeah, time. it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, uh, you know, like, what do you want to do every day? I just want to talk about the same thing. I just want to learn more about that same thing and then talk about that thing to other people and then read things that other people have written about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The only problem comes when they have to read other people's take on all this stuff that you know everything about and not just be completely scathing. Very often they are, <laughs> with my experience of university at least. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all rubbish. So this next section of the show is the it's not all rubbish bit where we look at some of the uh, more positive uh, aspects of uh, parenting neurodivergent kids. Um, So the first one I wanted to uh, introduce was neurodiversity champions. Uh, Liam, have you got any anyone that you wish to kind of uh, nominate as a neurodiversity champion? Yeah, so we went to Simply Great Media down the road, which has just become a public interest company, but they've only just started, and it was like, um, uh, can we afford to send them here to learn stuff? And as soon as they walked through the door, they were like, oh, wow, this is like paradise. There's people. So what is it? Well, it's... It's kind of like a learning centre for, mm-hmm. I don't think it's for neurodivergent kids, but a lot of neurodivergent kids were in there and they were actually right. creating apps. I mean, actually, you know, it was oh, like, cool. it was a so like hands on learning. Yeah. And they were actually, you know, doing the coding, doing the whole thing, then seeing how it worked. And, uh, and one of them was making an, an app where you had to roll a marble through a maze of hazards and uh, yeah. it it was a gyroscopic control, so it was he was trying to get the gyroscopic control right so that you could move the marble in the right way, and they were absolutely fascinated. But he took us into this room, which was just he had sort of half repaired computers all in benches yeah. all around the room, and it had been absolutely pissing it down outside, so they were soaking wet. So they were just staring, leaning over all these <laughs> wide open computers, <laughs> dripping water into the into the electronics. And we're like, no, stay away. And then we tried to get them to sit on these swivel seats. And they were just like throwing themselves around the room, just like because uh, the chairs had wheels. And it was like, oh, God, no. Oh. And it was just like. But he wasn't phased at all. That's why we thought that was a great place because he just wasn't. Oh, phased. so he's totally, totally uh, not bothered. Sorry. And we, he, in oh, the end, he good. said, "I think you'd better go for your dad explodes." But he, oh he right, so bothered. you were the problem. Yeah, not them. I was exploding on his <laughs> behalf because I thought, you know, sometimes you think, I don't want to come across as one of those parents who are just oblivious to their children being arseholes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> so you that's, think, that's I'm going to have a go at them <laughs> and then people will see that I am suffering and that I am on, you know, I do appreciate that this isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> you, went other, you went too far the other way. <laughs> well, I just wondered how many thousands of pounds worth of electronics they were destroying by just, you know, Leaning on them with their sodden yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they were like, oh, there's a there's a Dreamcast from 1983. And, you know, I don't know, probably getting the year wrong. Um, they would correct me on that. But they had all this antique um, legacy soft um, hardware. 
which they were totally into. So he was quite impressed that they knew what everything was. And uh, oh, that sounds great. You know, that's a joystick that worked on this system. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, so he was great. So they become a public uh, public something company. I don't know. So they've got funding, which means that okay, I, cool. I think I can afford to send my kids there, which is oh, just their amazing. idea of heaven. Great. All right. Um, well, what I'm going to do for any all of these neurodiversity champions is I'm going to put them in the show notes against the podcast, so um, so other people can look at them and go and drip in their computers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny wins. The next section I want to talk about is tiny wins um, and whether you have any tiny... I call it tiny wins. I think I need a new name for it because they're not tiny wins in our world. I think in a neurotypical world, something that is seen as a, like a little win. But actually, uh, in our setup, it's a major victory. Um, and I like to kind of celebrate those. Uh, wherever possible have you got any any tiny wins you want to share with us um yeah well the yes um this is only the second week that i've been teaching them and i've been deciding that i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna sit down and do right we're doing history or right we're doing english we're gonna we're gonna read two books at the same time and we're gonna find themes that um overlap and we're gonna go wherever that takes us and so it's been very free form. Like today, we were talking about uh, the Aztecs and, uh, well, we started on Warship Down, but it led to the Aztecs. It led to the Tower of Babel, uh, the creation myth. Uh, yeah, it went to all sorts of places. Um but it is interesting because, uh, I mean, my kids can't sit still sometimes, but I've realised, and this is quite a win because I realised, because today they wouldn't stay in the seats and they were jumping up and down and they were running around and I was like, oh, for God's sake, sit in your seats, I'm trying to teach you. But then I realised that they do that in two situations. They do it when they're bored, but they also do it when they're excited. And in this case, yeah, yeah. they were actually doing it because they were really excited about what we were talking about, and they wanted oh, to wicked. they wanted to make a point by by expressing themselves and running around the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's fantastic. Yeah, so you've got an instant feedback on what you're saying. Yeah, you're and getting, it was getting quite down. animated because I was just pushing this point with uh, Twin B, and I was saying, "Yeah, but why is something against the law? Because it's wrong. But who says it's wrong? Because the law does. But where does the law come from?" And it was <laughs> like, I, even if by um, sheer repetition we're gonna, and even if we never get there, even if we do just go around in circles then at least he's had the experience of being put on a spot and, 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 and being asked like you, you need to, you need to drill into this. You need to find out what your reason is. Um, so, he, and, and, and twin one had lots of ideas and he was saying, but surely you can see, he couldn't see why twin two couldn't see it. And he was going, but surely you yeah, can see yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And surely you can see that. And he was going, no, it's just stupid. He kept saying it was stupid. So we've got this defence mechanism of it's just stupid. It is the law and that's it. And and so we, I made them do homework on why why should I not be allowed to just stab uh, Twin B for fun? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think you'll find on many curriculums. <laughs> 
Well, exactly. <laughs> and yesterday we talked about the British Empire, which is on no curriculums. It's like, and and that's an interesting thing to talk about, isn't it? Because yeah, really. Start, yeah. Actually, yeah. We yeah, used yeah. to own a quarter of the world, and no one ever talks about it at school. Why do you think yeah, that is? Yeah. Well, not not at <laughs> schools anyway. No. <laughs> no. Do you uh, are you are you taking are you taking submissions for your homeschool, Liam? Because I fancy chopping in. <laughs> Sounds great. Our, our tiny win was that Otto uh, had had a tooth come out, and he managed yes. to completely conquer his anxiety about the tooth fairy. Right. Because <laughs> previously, the tooth fairy freaked him the fuck out. And why not? Well, of why course. Would, like... What's he doing with all those teeth? <laughs> there was literally that question. <laughs> what is the tooth fairy? Do... What do they do with them? I don't know. I don't know, Otto. Um, so uh, there was a lot of, like, uh, he wasn't able to sleep very easily pre- previously because he wanted, I think part of him wanted to, to catch the tooth fairy and part of him didn't want to fall asleep for the fear of what the tooth fairy might do. Um, right. It was also, I think linked to the fact that I assisted with him removing his tooth the last time. And I probably shouldn't have done that uh, right. because it, you know, it was like, it, it's wobbly. It was just hanging off. I could like see it hanging off. It's like, I'll just pull it. Yeah. And that has, <laughs> it was a bit more firmly him. Yeah. It was a bit more firmly attached than I intended. No, you don't do that. Give, uh, just give him a bag of toffees. Yeah, yeah, I should have done that. But so that sort of traumatized him as well. And I think he sort of linked that all with the tooth fairy. But this time round, he lost his tooth. It came out. He was delighted, and he was it was absolutely like hassle free. The tooth fairy did not cause him any anxiety, and I'm taking that as a tiny win. What the flip? Well, I've had a couple of what the flip moments this um, in the past few weeks. One is Jay has got a new favourite word, and he walked in and he proudly announced. He said, "My favourite word is hubris." Hubris. <laughs> and I went, is a very "Oh, good okay, word. yeah." It's like, do you know what it means, Jay? And he went, "Yep, it means excessive pride or self confidence." I was like, "Very good, very good." Um, and then he went, do you think you might sometimes be guilty of hubris, Jay? And without a beat, he just looked at me and, how dare you? I am just excellent at everything. Right, yes. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was pleasant. Another what the flip moment was, because I, I, Jay is very particular about the type of crisps that he will, or about food. Uh, we have to sort of very gently try him on new stuff to see if it'll stick. Uh, and I put some new crisps in his lunchbox uh, and uh, he came back from school and I went, how are the new crisps, Jay? And he went, they taste like cheese dust in the future when all proper food resources have gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's a no then, is it? Okay. You're, you're giving <laughs> okay, him soylent thanks. green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that was, that was a no. Um <laughs> Yeah, and the the only other one was uh, we went to a playground. This is before, uh, this was on a weekend. We went to a playground, just me, Jay, and Otto. And 
um, I made the mistake of doing that thing. You know, when they're really little and you want to go and they don't want to go. It's like, come on, we're going. Come on, let's just go. And I gave him all of the, you know, the usual build up as like 10 minutes. We're going to go five minutes. We're going to go. Okay. After this game you're doing, then we're going to go. And he was just refusing to go. And then I made the mistake of doing that thing that you do with toddlers where you go, well, I'm just going to go then and leave you here. Um, yeah. and that to, to, it's the worst thing you could do to Jay because he's like, Sweet, I am gonna live in the playground. And he, <laughs> you could see he was already planning it. He was like, Okay, so I'm gonna live. He'd already got it worked out. He was gonna live in the tunnel because it was like protected from the rain and the wind. Mm. Um, and he was gonna like start a vegetable patch over like by the little trees there. And um, he basically planned it all out. He, he was going to live in the playground like stig of the sandpit <laughs> so right. i had to I, I i had to literally just pick him up and carry him out and he found that funny so it was okay now one of the other things i want to do we, we've got we've got poetry corner coming up that's going to be the final thing that we do um but before i do that i always like to ask my guests to tell me uh, the best thing about their kids because we spend so much time not moaning about them but sort of focusing on the challenges that they have that I, I, I want to kind of spend a little bit of time just looking at what the best thing about each of your kids is. I th- I this just I th- it's, it's um hard to think of something but not because there isn't anything because there's just there's lots of things I mean they are you know they're faultlessly polite they are very sort of endearing um you know they it, it doesn't matter who comes around the house they just want to they're, they're sort of like a dog when the when the when the <laughs> when the bell goes and they're like who's this who's this it's someone great it's about to be someone great <laughs> uh, they're kind of like that whoever comes around they just want to talk their ear off Aww. and uh when you just get a sudden blast of it and you you're like oh my god they're very friendly um and I know I, I really love that because I, I was never they're, they're like me in many ways but I was never like that I was like oh god there's a strange person in the house I must so I must they're super hide. they're super sociable oh absolutely yes uh, whether the other person is into it or not it's like <laughs> <laughs> I've never met you before here's a, let me unload this ton of info <laughs> onto you <laughs> nice. That sounds I remember w- once um because he'd just done a gig for me. Do you know John Robertson? The yes, comedian. Of he, yeah, yeah. he came round and they just got out of bed to see who it was. And uh it, it just so happened he knows all about the early days of Sonic and Mario and who worked on the first games and you know which okay. studio in Japan did the music and and they were just like wow. Can you stay here forever? Is he staying overnight, Dad? No, he's got to go catch a bus. Oh, can he stay though? And it was like, oh my god. Oh, that's lovely though. Poetry corner. Okay, the last section of the show is called poetry corner for reasons that are very obvious. I would imagine. Um, I've written a poem. 
Uh, I will do that sometimes. Occasionally when the muse strikes me, I'll choose to write a poem and then I'll share it on this podcast if you'll indulge me. Um, this poem is about special interests purely because um, I had a particularly trying session of being spoken at by my child and I decided to write something down about it. So that is what this is. So uh, this is my poem about special interests. Through my dealings with autistics, there's one thing that I have learned is that they can't conceal their feelings, at least where my kid is concerned. And sometimes I will talk to him, assuming he'll engage, but when I look up at his face, it's clear he's on a different page. I'll think my anecdotes are zinger, my delivery magnetic, but my child will just stare blankly back, entirely apathetic. There's no mutual discussion, there's no banter forth and back. He has no great love of repartee and gives no hoots for chat. Now... I used to be offended by such one-way conversation, but through time I've learned just why my child can't do reciprocation. There's a very simple reason why my discourse is a flop. You see, he's not concerned with what I say, but merely when I'll stop. Because as soon as I have finished, he has learned that it's a sign that it's now his turn to have his say as he let me have mine. Instead, he has a burning need to get things off his chest. And every chance he gets, he'll talk about his special interest. To the subject that was being discussed, it bears zero relation. It's a monolithic monologue sans social lubrication. It could be sharks or space or Pokemon or Jacobean fashion. What's striking isn't what it is but the heartfelt surge of passion. When I conversed, his shoulders slumped, his face was pale and dour, but now he's energised like he's been switched to turbo power. This child, who moments earlier looked very bored indeed, now espouses tales of mighty Zeus and talks at lightning speed. He'll blast through facts and figures, minute details fundamental. He won't care if I'm listening, I'm merely incidental. And although it's nice if I'm on board his speeding verbal track, it's more important he can speak to get it off his brain. Now, there's often an assumption that I share his passion too, so I smile and nod and sometimes ask a question out the blue. And although it is exhausting listening to his tirade, if I look beneath the surface... I should never feel dismayed. I've tried hard to teach compassion and for empathy I strive. I've implored him to be kind and thoughtful all of his young life. I tear my hair out if he's rude or shows his selfish side. To teach him basic empathy I've tried and tried and tried. But perhaps I'm wrong to try and pin his worth on social graces, when there's evidence his loving side resides in different places. And perhaps if I look harder for a deep sense of connection, I will see that he has a different way of showing his affection. As I see the effervescence in my sweet autistic boy when he launches into Zelda chat with such unbridled joy... It is in these sacred moments where his special interest shines that I need to stop and take a breath to read between the lines. Because this knowledge that he's sharing, that he's bursting to impart, that's the foremost precious thing to him. That's how he shares his heart. So next time I'm interrupted by an avalanche of facts, I should just sit still and listen 
so he knows I love him back. Uh, so that is it for this episode of Neuroshambles. All that remains for me to say is uh, Liam Malone, thank you for being our guests. Thank you. And uh, to the audience, thanks for listening. And uh, check us out on the socials, on uh, threads and Reddit and Facebook and Instagram, but not X. And if you want to suggest any topics you want us to talk about, please email hello at neuroshambles.com. Um, it'd be great to hear from you if you've got anything to say about the show and also if you could like or subscribe or like and subscribe uh, in your podcast application that will also help to gain a bit of uh, a bit of notoriety let's say in the podcast community that'd be great and uh, spread the word but for now have a nice life 